Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and we have a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. Have a couple friends around the table with me today. First of all, Amanda. Hi, how are you? Great. Good to have you back, Amanda. Yeah. And Ben. Hello, Pastor David. Hello, Elder Ben. <laughs> it's a privilege to be here. Ben is is one of the new elders at Doxa Church. Absolutely, along with Billy Paris. So how's y'all, how are y'all doing? How's the week been? Good, yeah. Uh, busy week, had a lot of family in the last few days. Man, my kids have hit a new level, level of terrible. Uh, um, but, you know. We had a fire alarm pull on Sunday. Yes! Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. I'm so oh, sad I missed uh, it. Oh my God, I gotta share that real quick. You're yeah. right, that was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. That was great. That's my amazing. little three-year-old, I look over just in time to see him pulling the fire alarm down. <laughs> I thought I could push it back up there, but nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All that, three fire trucks later. Oh, yes. Oh, man. I actually drove up there and was like, hey, you guys want to meet the culprit? <laughs> and, uh, I, I saw a picture. the pictures. I have a picture yeah. of the guy reaching Sweet. in and shaking him, shaking his hand in his little car seat. It's so great. That's that, well, Did he, he knows what he did. He's like... He does, but there's no guarantee that he won't do it again. <laughs> he thought I was amazing. This is what I can do to meet Yeah, firemen. he's like, I can meet firemen now. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my word. We, as a family, took a really quick little one-night getaway in Charlotte because our, our school had fall break, and my kids love hotels, so it was like... I mean, we make an adventure of finding the ice machine. Then we go jump in the pool, and then we jump on the beds, and uh, it was a blast. So make popcorn. That's great. Yeah. Had some good stuff. What'd you do this weekend? We had a Halloween party back in North Carolina. Yeah. um, Got to dress up. My husband and I were Ross and Rachel. There you go. It was fun. That's a good Good times. Pulled that off quite well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, today we are talking about another topic. Uh, We've had some really interesting ones as of late. And this week, it's going to be on money. And uh, we were joking around afterwards. We're definitely not the... This is not the panel to give you stellar <laughs> financial advice. This is not the where to invest your money. Right. This isn't podcast. the earthly riches, uh, <laughs> yeah. wealth sort of money. You're, you're not talking to those people. Um, we can talk to you a little bit about what the Bible says about money. And uh, we are really, really humbled, honestly, to kind of mm-hmm. tackle this topic. And I'm going to go ahead and start us off today. And as I was thinking about this, I could have even, I could have either gone really deep and just preach a sermon or I could just kind of talk about a lot of principles and just be super practical but I decided to kind of go somewhere in between and this is my effort at that deep and practical yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that (laughs) so my first point really is giving is a drug amen and I would say, yeah, <laughs> we're just, we'll start right there. Got to get your money. Uh, uh, and you think of money as like, hey, everybody, you know, we get some money and all right, let's, let's do something with this and let's invest this. Let's, let's buy what we've always been waiting to buy. Um, I've really seen over the years and especially in the last like year and a half, people in our church just be generous givers and people outside of our church that that want to support a church plant like be generous givers i know some people in our church had a conversation with them they said this week 
I gave so much away last month, I didn't even save enough money to pay my own bills. (laughs) And that's just like their, their heart. But of course, a person like that, when they're that giving, they're going to still pay their bills. Those kind of people never don't have the money to pay their bills. But it's a drug in the sense that when you feel that joy and you feel that sense of thrill of happiness that you are blessing someone else, it's the kind of feeling that you want to get more of and you have to keep going back to. It's the right kind of drug. Mm. And then the nasty kind of drug, honestly, is spending. (laughs) Spending is a drug too. It's just the flip side of it. Let me just ask both of you a little personal question. I'm just totally put you in the spot here. But what is like the most frivolous thing that you've ever purchased? <laughs> can you, can I, you think I can, about that? I can start us off here. So I, as a stay-at-home mom, got a little addicted to baby carriers. And there's this, uh-huh. this whole world of baby carriers <laughs> buying and selling wow. and, you know, kind of a deal. So The, mar- the black market of baby Yes, carriers. exactly. Yeah. So I think I spent quite a bit on a particular baby carrier and I was able to sell it and make my nice. money back but I was I was flipping them while. <laughs> <laughs> that's good oh, those baby man. Bjorns are that way too like yeah it's yeah you, we're, we're talking up there my husband was not happy with any of those purchases <laughs> that's great you know oh man in high school I remember I, you guys might laugh because this isn't really that frivolous but like I felt very frivolous. I spent fifty dollars on a pair of jeans. Ooh, as a high were they, were they Hollister? That was my first. It's <laughs> American Fancy Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. And, uh, I just I felt something weird afterwards. It was better than the Lees, though, right? It was better than those Lees. It was Lees. better than the Wrangler from Walmart, right? Nope. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Well, they were washed out. I had to. Have oh, them. Yeah. oh yeah, denim. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, dude, I've been there too. I mean, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And when we spend things on the wrong things, you know, there's a word for that. It's, well, a phrase for that. It's buyer's remorse. Yes. Mm. And I, I've done that before too, where you go, you really, you feel really hungry and then you just go, you look at the menu, you buy the most expensive thing on there and then you're like, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to get an entree too or an appetizer (laughs) here to throw on top of this. And then you just feel gross. Like, it's just like, what am I doing? I I should have never done that. And we all know this deep down. Uh, It's harder sometimes to practically like live it out. But with money, one of the things that can help you keep your perspective with it is to realize that when you're spending it on things, things don't last. There's a really funny video out there on the internet. Uh, Actually, I saw this back on Jimmy Fallon like a few years ago, but Jerry Seinfeld, he was on the Fallon show and he just had a little small stand-up routine. And he was talking about how he's a thrower-outer in his words. I'm a thrower-outer. I don't keep stuff around the house. I just Mm -hmm. get rid of it. My wife, she she holds on to stuff. She, She likes to keep it. She's just a keeper. Um, and he, but he goes into this whole bit on how all things on earth only exist in different stages of becoming trash, <laughs> just becoming it's absolute so garbage. True. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, your home is a garbage processing center. Uh, you buy new things, you bring them into your house and you slowly, in Jerry Seinfeld's words, you slowly crapify them over time. <laughs> 
it's like when you bring that new thing home and you put it on the place of honor, right? The kitchen table. You're so excited to have this new thing. But as time goes by, you demote it. And like his, he, he finishes this thing. It's pretty funny. You'll have to look it up. Listeners, feel free to go look this up. But it's like the first stages of your thing, it's in a visible living area. Like it's in your home and you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. Then over time, you know, you put it in the closet or the or the cupboard or the drawer, get it out of sight a little bit. It's 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 going down the totem pole. And then eventually that thing that used to be proudly displayed in your house goes into the garage and it never comes out of the garage. <laughs> it's like forever. the garage is another word for garbage. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's so true that like our stuff, like even the most treasured possession, right? Like I bought a PS2 one day when I was in when I was in high school. That was like the thing, oh, right? Oh yeah. PS2, it's a piece of trash now. Like you <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants that at all. And I as I was like researching, looking up a few things uh just pr- to prepare for this, I kept coming across articles where millennials go for experiences, not just they don't just want to spend their money on things. And I thought that was really interesting. And it's pretty true. Like looking around at my friends and stuff like that. Like it is a trait, I think, of this generation. We've we've seen that. And I saw a lot of other interesting tips on, you know, trying to get ahead financially. Just make a rule with your family. Give me gift cards, not things. <laughs> not yeah. just things that I, I don't want you to pick it out anyway. I'd rather just yeah. pick that thing out for myself. So if you could please just give me some gift cards, that'd be great. And then it saves you money over time. Like, we've yeah, we've recently been asking for Christmas for experiences for the kids, like tickets nice. to the zoo or something like that so that we can go and have an experience, not just have another toy that we're going to throw out in like a month. Like <laughs> so. a true yeah, millennial. That's, really cool. that's, that's yeah. perfect. That's a great call though. It really is. Yeah, companies are starting to figure this out. Like they product, they advertise a product not just as a product anymore, but as an experience. Airbnb does yeah, this. Yeah. The counterpart, Hip Camp, which is like Airbnb for campsites, they do the same thing. And as Christians, I just want to challenge us to go even one step further. You know, obviously, we don't want to look at our money as just something for us to buy things with. And even one step, even beyond just an experience. But as Christians, let's say my money is a tool to invest in others. It's, a, it's something that I can think about eternity with, and I can actually make an experience for someone. I can invest in someone that has an experience for eternity. Experiences entail relationships and memories, and the best thing you can do with your money is use it in a way that impacts someone's eternal experience. So this topic has actually come at a super appropriate time for us. Uh, for those of you who don't know by now, my husband is currently in medical school and I mm-hmm. am a full-time mom and a part-time makeup artist. <laughs> and needless to say, none of those things pay very much <laughs> at all, actually. So Keeps you really busy. And it does, yeah. Did you see that, that fake interview where this uh, like fake company took applicants and interviewed them and they were asking them questions for moms like this it all described the being a mother role of a mom oh wow at the very end at the end of the interview and they were like well uh 
compensation wise, uh, we, just, we can't do anything right <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, and everyone was so taken aback. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, it was this beautiful story about, you know, moms do so much. So yeah. nothing down on yourself. Yeah. Amanda. <laughs> That's right. Time mom, that is a truly a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I love it. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to, to be at home with them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, now they go to a private Christian school and, and we love it. SCA, um, yes, Warriors, woo! But it's definitely not cheap. Well. Right. <laughs> you know, so. Right. Um, and within the past couple months, we've had some changes in some of the income that we have really relied on to help pay that tuition. Uh, and we're really kind of starting to get a little stressed about that. I mean, honestly, mm. looking at our life on paper, none of it makes financial sense. But yeah. I know that our choices and our decisions with our money or lack thereof in most cases, um, (laughs) have been made through prayer and through guiding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So why is it, you know, that even knowing we made the decisions out of faith that we are worried about how we will pay our bills? I know we are not the only ones that struggle with this. I would Mm -hmm. venture to say that the average person listening to this podcast has had at some point in their life struggled with their finances. In fact, the latest study shows that only 23% of Americans are completely debt free. That's wild. Isn't that crazy? Only 23% Only 23%. And for like five minutes after we sold our last house, we were part of those 23%. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) And then we bought a new home. We were right back in the majority. Uh, Um, And the average debt for doctors straight out of medical school is about $200,000. Oh, man. That's a a pretty heavy, heavy number there. It's a mortgage. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, buddy. This is like the majority, I mean, I mean, obviously the majority, but like, you just think about it, like everybody pretty much that you talk to, you're rubbing shoulders with, like people have a heavy load of, of debt hanging over their shoulders. Yep. It's just a very real topic that nobody wants to talk about, but it's, yeah. it's there. It's yeah, over absolutely. Us. It limits our generosity. Mm-hmm. You think about it from an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think. There are many reasons why the Bible seems to be opposed to carrying too much debt. But for one, yeah, it limits what you can do for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and obviously we're a podcast. We're, we're not trying to like say don't ever go into debt because going in school debt is one right. thing for sure. Right. It's a lot different than like going into right. debt for a motorcycle. Like, right. Or just racking up credit cards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, and I mean... Honestly, I'm usually not one to really worry about money, which isn't necessarily a good thing since I like to spend it. (laughs) 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 But, you know, lately these changes in our income, uh, you know, in comparison has been rearing its ugly head in our life lately. And it's it's actually really been a bit of a struggle for me, uh, Mm. especially in the past couple of weeks. And I realized that a lot of my personal struggles with money can be from comparing my life to those around me. And that brought us back to our comparison podcast a few weeks ago. Needed to hear that again. (laughs) Um, But we talked about how unhealthy comparison is the thief of joy. And that was really starting to become a reality for me. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues with money, honestly, Mm -hmm. is when you look at the root of financial difficulties in marriages, like most of the time it goes back to your comparison. You're you're comparing yourself with someone else. Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. It never works out. No. It always causes problems. But I know that God has a plan for this season. And just like he has a plan for every season in our lives. And we just recently finished the Finding I Am Bible study in our in our women's study that we've been doing. Yeah, and it was an awesome, awesome study. I loved it. And he, you know, God really spoke to me about this struggle through that study. 
uh, one of the night's homework had us uh, in John 21, um, talking about verse 15, and Jesus was talking to Peter, who had just returned back to his original occupation of fishing after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. And verse 15 says, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And in the passage, he's asking him if he loves Jesus more than he loves fishing, which is his livelihood. Mm-hmm. But the author of the study goes on to explain that in our lives, we can have our own these, which we put before Jesus. Yeah. And it really just struck me how God was speaking directly to me in that, just saying, you know, Amanda, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your money? Do you mm-hmm. love me more than your comfort? You know, do you love me more than all these material things that my flesh says I just have to have in order to be happy? Mm-hmm. And in the next few verses, Jesus goes on to ask Simon Peter three more times if he loves him. And then he tells him if he does, he says, you know, feed my lambs, mm-hmm. shepherd my sheep, feed mm-hmm. my sheep. Jesus is asking him to be a shepherd instead of a fisherman. He's asking him to leave his comfort zone, to leave his steady source of income, you know, to completely and radically change his life to be a disciple of Christ. You know, and, and I find it encouraging, though, that I'm, I'm not the only one that wants to go back to my comfort zone. I mean, he walked with Jesus daily. He saw him crucified and resurrected, and he still chose to go back to where, you know, he, okay, well, yeah, yeah. I saw that, but I'm pretty yes. comfortable being a fisherman. Like, this right. is where I know what I need to do. And I mean, we all do that, and it's just crazy, even no matter how close we get to God. There's yeah. still those times when yeah. we're like, okay, but this is what's comfortable, you know, like, yeah. mm, I know I should tithe, but I kind of like to spend my own money, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, that is a really good point. I mean, cause it's so real to so many Christians where yep. we know we should be on mission. We know we yep. should be, you know, there's so many things that we can do for God's glory and it's not always easy, right? It, exactly. It's, it, it does take work and yeah. it takes an investment and it's so easy to just be like, I want to just be a normal person. I want to just do yeah. what everybody else is doing for just give me a, give me a month, you know, yep. like there's always that temptation. Yeah. And absolutely. It's, it's, it just doesn't satisfy. Like that's not the answer, yeah. you know? Exactly. Yeah. Especially when, you know, like you're saying, Amanda, when we elevate this above Christ, well, anything that's, that we elevate mm-hmm. above him, anything that we put on his throne, that's rightfully his is going to not satisfy at the end mm-hmm. it's going to cause issues the love of money is the root of all evil it reveals the idols in our own hearts yep you know and mm-hmm. i think that's a really great question to ask and this even challenged myself in in just looking into this some more for this podcast and i really had to be serious be yep. like mm-hmm. okay why are you doing what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and how does money play into that and you really have to really take that truth of you know my own motives and stack that up against Christ and realize, no, he has to be on the throne of our hearts or this yeah. life doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's, I think, I think that's great that you're asking that. Yeah, it was definitely a convicting. And you can, like you said, you can fill that in with anything, whatever your these mm-hmm. is, you know, money is just, I know a big one for a lot of us, but yep. it, it can mm-hmm. really be anything. But I know that God is using this season of my life to teach me how to love him and trust, put my trust in him more than in my bank account, um, more than all the material possessions that I think will fulfill me. And more than all the trips I can take or the things I can buy for my children, you know, those are great things. But like we said, you know, that's not going to satisfy. Jesus loved me enough to leave his glorious inheritance at the right hand of God, come down to earth, be reduced to a peasant and to die a criminal's death. Mm. You know, surely I can let go of the things of this earth that just 
pale in comparison to that sacrifice. My prayer is that one day I can look at God and say, I surrender all and truly Mm. mean it. Amen. Yeah. Giving is a reflection of your heart. Like in hoarding, you know, or, or, or not giving, like having Mm -hmm. the opposite, that's a reflection of your heart too. It shows a lack of faith. Yep. And you know, there's that selfish side that doesn't bring peace and joy and a trust and a confidence in God. You know, I know that by God putting me in these situations, he is graciously giving me opportunities to trust in his provision. And even though it's hard right now, I know that he will use this for his glory and for my good. And for that, I'm forever grateful. So I feel like I have a unique understanding of of money, uh, mainly because of the way I was brought up. My parents, I was thinking through this today, I never, I don't have any memory of my mom or dad stressing about money ever, mm. <clears throat> which is remarkable because we yeah. were not rich. Like <laughs> We were, I think we could be classified as in poverty. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what those, like <laughs> that, where that, that threshold was in the 90s, but yeah. uh, I think we would be, yeah, it was it was rough. You know, Ben, that's so true. Even some of the people in our church, like just I know they are so giving to so many people in the church and they are stress free, like about money. Like they just don't worry about yeah. it. Like mm-hmm. and I mean they have I've had those conversations with them and they haven't always been that way. Yeah. But there's something about just having that philosophy of like, Hey, I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm just gonna give this mm-hmm. out and, and you don't stress about money like the people who have money stress more about money than people who are just giving but it it wasn't that they didn't stress because they were just ignorant or Mm -hmm. naive they really trusted god and the story i could sit here and tell you story after story about just my my parents faith that god would provide and they really just kind of naturally passed that on because we grew up watching watching god make those ends meet my dad one day, this was, this is related to money, but, uh, we only had two cars and he felt like the Lord was telling him to give our second car, his car to a widow in the church. And so he drove it over to her house with no plan of getting back home. Like other than walking or calling somebody (laughs) gives her the car. And that day gets a call from someone else in the church who wanted to give us a car Isn't that <laughs> as crazy? a family. Wow. Same day. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things where I just, you know, I saw them really just truly trust the Lord. And this is what money does. It, it forces you to assess your own belief, yep. your own faith. Okay. Do I really believe this about God? Because this affects the bottom line in my personal budget today this yep. month. Mm. So do I really believe that God's involved in a, in a personal way in my life and he knows my needs and that he can meet them? Um, there was, I, my mom tells me a story when my dad was in seminary, they didn't have funds for the next, uh, tuition fee. And he's like, it's okay. Like, I'm just going to go walk down to the mailbox and get it. <laughs> and he literally walked down to the mailbox and there was a check for the amount that they needed for their tuition. I mean, can wow. he walk to my mailbox? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know these are like, these are second degree stories, but I've seen that in my own life where God has just provided time and time again in, in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with Becca and I and our family and our needs, our first mm-hmm. year, first year of marriage, we filed 
our taxes, we made seven thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like us this year. Thousand dollars. It's just wild. But we never once went hungry. We always had more than yeah. we needed. Um, and that's just that's just the God that we have. So that's um, true. I think that this idea of faith is directly tied to to your funds, to to money. I think as Christians, it's an awesome opportunity to be generous and open handed, even not maybe not in your wealth, mm-hmm. uh, but in what you what you have, what God has given you. Uh, but I did want to draw your attention to Second Corinthians chapter eight. I hope this will encourage people when it comes to having a biblical perspective of giving. Uh, of money. I'll just read the first four verses here. Uh, Paul's writing and he says this, we want you to know brothers about the grace of God that's been given among the churches of Macedonia for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part for they gave according to their means, as I can testify and beyond their means Mm -hmm. of their own accord. And here's where I want to hone in on this verse four, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So Paul's talking about these Macedonians that were just were poor, but were giving so much, so much so that they were begging Paul for another opportunity to give. <laughs> like he comes to them, like who needs help? Like who can mm-hmm. we come alongside? Who can we give to? Giving is a jug, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think that is exactly what you were saying earlier, where they, they experienced the joy of generosity where it just got to them. Mm-hmm. It, it just right there where it matters. And they want to do this again and again. I think of our life group two weeks ago where we quote, took an offering uh, for the child freedom coalition mm-hmm. and they rescue children from in India from slavery. And we raised 16 people in one night, raised $700. That's awesome. so great. These are like That's college so awesome. students. Right. People right. in grad school mm-hmm. primarily is what our life group is. We raised $700. So uh, you can look at it in two ways. We've been saying we freed one child, which we did. We have now given them the complete ability to take one child from slavery and provide for them. And we're going to be giving you more information about this organization, <laughs> yes. too, yeah. in, the, in a few weeks at our church. Because yes. it's it's just crazy how they go into rock quarries and like literally just pull yep. these kids out like pay off the guards, pull them out in a truck, take them to a child's home. But yeah, keep going back. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to like, but you no, we just, how. we, we gave enough to, yeah, rescue one child entirely. Or you could look at it a second way. We, we are now funding 10 children at their home mm. for an entire year. So food, lodging, education, mm. 700 American dollars. We took 10 kids, which is 1% of that orphanage. And we're supporting them with 16 little people in our tiny little life group. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my goodness. So, and our group is like, this is awesome. And so I kind of feel that right now from second Corinthians eight, it's like, what, what can we do? Like, mm-hmm. who can we come, <laughs> who can we come alongside and, and do this again and like be yeah. open handed and just trust the Lord to, pro- to provide. <laughs> you guys can't see, but I, my hands are flailing everywhere on, on this end. <laughs> He's of this. into this. Yeah. He's I, into this uh, folks. Yeah. I, I'm excited. So anyways, um, there, those are just some brief thoughts on, No, but I feel like, generation. you know, it, it's like that, like you said, once, just like with anything, once we can deny self the first time, once we start making those first couple steps, 
then just all that freedom comes and we can just really like you said generously give once i give a couple times mm-hmm. and get that high then you're going to go back and you mm-hmm. know once you yeah. can really just trust god in it he yeah. opens that up for you and it's awesome it no, goes back sure. yeah it goes back to that biblical principle like when you're faithful with a little he will trust yep. you with much yep. and and you know that the parable of the the steward like all right he's giving this guy he gave them all these talents and this guy invested it wisely this guy didn't yep. really a little yeah. bit with it. And this guy kind of buried it and did nothing with it. Yeah. And I was actually just about to bring that up as well, David. So I'm <laughs> yeah. so glad you said it because the last guy, they actually came back to him after he invested his, the denarius, denarius properly, wisely. And they, they gave him full responsibility of everyone else's. Mm-hmm. So God's just going to keep giving these opportunities yeah. when we're good stewards of what he's given us. He's going to say, you're doing a fantastic job. Well done, my good and faithful servant. He literally says in that passage, mm-hmm. here's more. So go and, and let's, let's have more and more fruit. Uh, let's be generous. Let's steward this. I think that's another key word when it comes to the way we view our finances and the way we view money is that money is a, it's a tool. Yeah. Um, you know, as we've discussed earlier, it's, it's, it can, we can so easily take it as just the means to get what I want. Yeah. Uh, we just go blow it. We go spend as much as we want. And or, we want more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Satisfy. Or we can go the other way and we can hoard it. Yeah. Either way, our motives are are typically self-centered there, but we're we're stewards of it. We're stewards. So like we are part of the story that's going to come and go. And there's an eternal timeline yes. that's not. Mm-hmm. And uh we just we steward what God has given to us. So I think that could be a number of things, but we we're, we're to invest it. Mm-hmm. So we invest it in our own future, make wise decisions, plan for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, plan for your family, um, you know, follow the next right step that God's put in front of you. But then we also, we invest that like the child coalition freedom and things like that. We invest it in the kingdom mm-hmm. as well. And and that's, I think part of being a steward is we're looking beyond our immediate needs. Um, those are important and, and necessary. They're needs, food, shelter, clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking and we're saying, God, you've given me this. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want me to do with it? Um, like, and I just love, we've already said it a number of times, but I love the idea of just being open-handed where this, this is already all yours, God. So you just, you do whatever uh, you want to do. And I think once we, we do taste that and once we start to have that habit of, you know, God, this is just yours and he has a revolving door. He has total access to our hearts, but also our wallets. And uh, we're trying to walk with him and be, we're not just being stupid. We're also we're being wise in the choices that we make. Then there's really this delight. Um, mm-hmm. And we can start to have a biblical perspective of money. And uh, a concept, I guess, to go along with that is, is the sowing and reaping. When it comes to our money, it, it's fun to sow. Yeah. You know, and we don't know how it's, gonna, how it's going to be reaped. Um, but it's just, it's so great to be generous and to be giving and, and put that out there. Uh, but we can't expect to reap more than we have sown. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go yeah. and I'm going to lay yeah. 30 rows of corn down. I'm not going to wake up six months later and be like, oh, great, 60 rows of corn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's some anomalies. Yeah. Maybe out in Kansas, weird <laughs> yeah. things happen out there. Uh, the where the wind blows. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm no corn farmer. So I don't know. Uh, but that's just not how it happens. And it's the okay. same thing with the way that we steward and the way that we 
invest our money, uh, God's going to bring the blessing, I think, in uh, the same proportion to how we are sowing it, how mm-hmm. we are using it, uh, how we're giving it back to God and people in need. And it's mm-hmm. just fun. Mm-hmm. It's just fun uh, to be generous. And I say that, you know, I have so much room to grow in that myself, but even, but just yeah. mentioning yeah. earlier, my own upbringing, I, I watched this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also watched the immediate, and it's just the timing. God's timing is so perfect. The immediate supply mm-hmm. where yeah. we are replenished, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, so anyways, no, that's uh, great. I'll leave you with this. This I, I can't tell you where this came from, uh, but I hope this is encouraging. God ain't broke. And he ain't stingy. (laughs) (laughs) Had to have been a Southern saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, that's so great. I love your dad. He's, he's made a huge impact in my life and I've seen the very same thing you're talking about, you know, obviously from a much smaller perspective, but the little time I've been around him, he's given me gifts before. He's always been very generous and didn't he just send you a book? He did. Yeah. yeah. A book on Ephesians, like <laughs> uh, a really good commentary on Ephesians. I was just talking to him about this sermon series. He's like, Hey, I'm going to get you this book on that right now. And he like pulled out his phone. He ordered it for me right there on Amazon. It came to my door like a few days later. That's the kind of guy he is. And it truly is more blessed to give than receive. And if you think about like that feeling when you got a really good gift and how great it made you feel, mm-hmm. right? Take that feeling and just multiply it. Just double that exuberance. That's that's what it feels like to give that gift to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I know I have a lot of room to grow in this area as well, as you said, but hopefully this has been helpful for you all. There's a lot more that could be said. You know, we just took it from three different angles. Thank you for the scripture that you both shared that was really, really practical and very helpful. So Give us a review on iTunes, please, uh, Apple Podcasts, and share. Give us a recommendation, and we will greatly appreciate that. But thank you for listening. You are loved.